Well, we warned you it was going to be different. Amen. You know, I spent uh, too many hours and too many days trying to figure out how I was going to make Genesis work with this service. And I, I blamed everybody but God for not being able to put a message together on Genesis. But I knew that God wanted to do something, and I knew the real core of the message was, was not what I would bring, what we would get together from God. Amen. And so I've, I've put together a very different approach to, to preaching today, and I think I can do this message in well under a couple of hours. You know, I got up in staff meeting a few weeks ago, and right before I got up, God spoke to me. And when I say that, I don't say that lightly. If I hear from God and I tell you I hear from God, it's like significant to me. It means something. You know, it's not some people I know, God told them to do everything. That's, God doesn't talk to me that much. I don't know whether he doesn't like me as much as other people, but he just doesn't talk to me that much. But he said, he said this, I'm going to give you the people to fill the building I'm going to give you in three years. I don't, you say, what does that mean? I don't have a clue. But this thought came to me as I was... Uh, as I was thinking about today, and I, I, I want to, it'll be on the screens, but I want you to just grab it with your heart. Exposure to the kingdom increases your appetite for the supernatural. Exposure to the kingdom increases your appetite for the supernatural. And when the supernatural, when you, when you get the kingdom, when it starts to come into the kingdom of God, Remember, it's a king and a domain that makes up a kingdom, and subjects within that kingdom are you and I. And when you, when you start to get close to the kingdom, all of a sudden your appetite to say, I want to see God do something in my life. And I know this is not church normal, and this is probably not what some of you came to expect, but hopefully God will still speak to you, and, and sometimes we, we have to get past what we think it's going to be like. You know, what is revival? Revival has been said to be God's quickening visitation of his people, touching their hearts and deepening his work of grace in their lives. Revival is not for unsaved people. That's what an awakening is. Revival starts with God's people. It starts with you and I. It's not about how many get saved or if they get saved. It's about what's the condition of the heart of those who are within the body who are here, who are listening. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but above the, uh, the altar there at Asbury, in between the pipe organ, there was a statement, holiness unto the Lord. That actually is found in the book of Exodus 34. And I thought it was interesting that that, that chapel, Hughes Chapel, has been there for many years. I believe it was built in the 50s. I, I may be off a few years, but... But they put holiness under the Lord, and it was what was, in, what was written on the breastplate of the high priest when he would enter into the Holy of Holies. So that what would go before him was holiness. He would be reminded of holiness under the Lord. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference between righteousness and holiness. Um, righteousness and holiness are two very different things. Righteousness is what happened to you when you were born again. God made you righteous by his blood. In other words, he saw you through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. 
But holiness is a decision of your will. It is what you choose to do with your life. It is your conduct. It is holiness. Holiness is doing those things that please him. It's what you do with your time. It's what you do with your money. It's what you do with your actions. It's living to please God. And I think until we really put our arms around holiness, we're not going to see God do in our life what we pray for God to do. Until we really embrace holiness as a church, we're not going to see God do in our church what we desire God to do. You know, Jesus said this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's easy to say I love Jesus. It's easy to say I'm a Christian. Easy to say I'm going to heaven when I die. But are you doing what he said to do? See, that's, he said that's what demonstrating love is. Not showing up at church or getting baptized or taking communion or doing any of those other religious things. It's just doing what he said to do. That's holiness. When I, when I went back and started looking at the uh, Asbury revival over time, I, I saw a really interesting thing, and it, it brought to mind this thought that there are patterns in the kingdom. There are patterns in the way that God works in our life and in our world. Patterns in the kingdom. Let me just show you the patterns at Asbury. They're very fascinating to me, and then I'll make some applications. In February of 1905, during a blizzard, a prayer meeting in the men's dormitory spilled out to the rest of the campus in the very town of Wilmore. Nothing really too significant there. And yet when you go to 1908, it was February 1908. Revival broke out while someone prayed in the chapel. The revival lasted two weeks. I don't know if you've noticed the pattern yet, but maybe you'll notice it on this one. February 1921... The revival lasted three days. If you haven't picked it up yet, it's the month that the revival starts. I was taken by that because it's February. I was taken by that because we started our church in February. I was also taken by that because this church has really got an unusual thing about it. It is every February, it's like the curtain closed on last year and a whole new play starts. And if you've been here very long, you know that's true. It's almost weird. <laughs> then it was February of 1950. A student testimony led to confessions, victories, and more testimonies. This went uninterrupted for 118 hours. March, they kind of messed up the pattern here a little bit. In 1958, revival began in a student fasting prayer meeting. It lasted 63 hours. Then it was February 3rd, 1970, that Dean Custer B. Reynolds, scheduled to speak in the chapel, felt led to invite persons to give personal testimony instead. Classes were canceled for one week during the 144 hours of unbroken revival. It was March 1992, a student confession during the closing prayer of an annual holiness conference turned into 127 consecutive hours of prayer and praise. February 2006, a student chapel led to four days of continuous worship, prayer, and praise. Then it was February of 2023, 
275 hours, the longest one yet in the history of Asbury revivals, 11 days of uninterrupted praise and prayer, classes had been canceled. It's really unusual when I said, I called a few people on our staff and I said, hey, I want you to go to Asbury. I think it was Tuesday and I said, I think you need to leave, or it may have been Wednesday, you need to leave Thursday. And six of them were asked to go. I didn't have a budget for it. I didn't know what they were going to do to cover what they were doing. Didn't know what they had planned personally. Didn't really care. I just figured somebody needs to be there. And I knew I couldn't be there at that time, but I knew they needed to be there. And I was very specific about who, who I asked to go. All, the entire staff wanted to go. Everybody wanted to go. They just said, can I go? Can I go? I go. No, I, I don't even know why those six. It's not because there's something special on them above our other staff. It's just that's what the direction I felt like we needed to go. And, and I said, you're going to fly on spirit air. <laughs> I tried to tell him it's because it has the word spirit in it. But it's really because it was like $104 to fly on spirit air. Another $10 for seat belts if you want those. <laughs> but you know, when, you're, when you really feel like you're in the will of God, the grace of God will keep you in whatever you do. In fact, that the enemy can't hurt you when you're in the will of God. It's only when you're out of the will of God. A lot of people say, was it safe to go into Ukraine? If you're in the will of God, it's very safe. If you're out of the will of God, you better stay home. You see the point I'm trying to make? We live by revelation, by supernatural direction, not by reason. If you operate by reason in your life, you will never do anything significant for God. This is why people don't tithe. Because they reason they can't afford it. I believe this is the reason why some people aren't experiencing revival is because you're, you're stealing from God, you're robbing from God. You know who you are. I don't have to call you out. You just know who you are. And you find your life always, you're experiencing financial difficulties, you can't figure out why. And yet God has already told you why. Some of us don't experience favor or power with God because we don't pray. We pray an obligatory prayer at dinner time and think that should cover it. And yet if you look at Jesus, he demonstrated that the key to his, his power was prayer. In fact, it was the one thing the disciples said teach us how to do was to pray. It never is, they never said teach us how to do miracles because they knew that Miracles were the result of prayer, of time with God. Um, God does the unexpected. I, I love the fact that when God does something, it's not how anybody would have figured it out. I, I, with a smile on my face, I kind of watched social postings about this, how many churches said, we're going we're gonna to start a revival. I, I, I don't know if that's funny to you, but it's funny to me. Because a revival is a, is a sovereign work of God that is unplanned, unpredicted. You know, if you look at the history of Asbury, you would think that every February they would have had a revival. They're kind of good at it. 
And yet, over the course of that 100 plus years, there were nine of them. Not 90, but nine. I'm sure every February, somebody was smart enough to go, maybe this February, let's just pray and lean into it, and yet nobody, it didn't catch on. So I know that what's happening, what's happening here today in your heart and what's happening in this church, it all has to be about the sovereign work of God. The interesting thing is, and I don't know to what magnitude it'll happen, but it's spread to other schools. Anderson University in Indiana has broke out in continuous prayer. Ohio Christian, Lee University, Campbellsville University, Cedarville University, and Virginia Theological Seminary. Time will tell what it does. Time will tell what we do with it. How will we steward it? I I love it when media gets involved and they're trying to figure out what's going on. This is a a front page from the Washington Times, and it's, uh, you'll notice, second article down, chapel service stretches into nonstop prayer. I, I like this particular piece because what's all around it? Biden cites security risks, dismisses speculation of spying from China, lie. China, GPTs, trainers, now to address political bias, lie. Russian invader, lie. And in the middle of it is truth. You see, in the middle of your life is truth, and all around you is going to be lies. Because the core of who you are is your soul. And when, when, you're, when you're living in the power of God, when the Spirit of God is in you, truth is in the middle. But you're going to find yourself always trying to fight around all the lies that are outside of you, trying to come in and take control of your mind, your will, and your emotions. TikTok is an interesting device, app. Some of you have TikTok. Some of you don't know what it is. If you don't know what it is, you're better for it. But TikTok, and this is, this is as of early this morning, um, or maybe it was last night, uh, there were 67.4 million views of the Asbury Revival on TikTok. It's, gain, it's growing at about 1,000 a minute right now. Do you realize that nobody could have planned that one? Yes, I think I'm going to post my church service and see if I can get 67 million views, and it's going to start growing at 1,000 per minute. It'll go to 100 million, there's no doubt about it. Think about how many people are impacted by watching that. I thought one of the interesting comments on TikTok was this, Generation Z is leaving the church? No. We're leaving religion. We're leaving spaces where God is not free to move. We have an urgency to pursue what is real and true. We don't want a performance. We want the authentic presence of God. These are the moments I could dwell in forever. This is just the beginning of what is to come. And I I got news, not just Gen Z wants that. I think we all want that, amen? I I got up this morning and I thought, I don't even know if I'm gonna go. Because I I didn't wanna risk messing up today. See, it's easy when you have some knowledge or some ability to think you can say have the final word. And God says, no, I want you to go, but I want you to, to remember that it's not about you. 
I, I love Psalm 145. Uh, it says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will declare your greatness. You see, it doesn't say which generation. It says one generation. You're one generation. You're one generation. You're one generation. You should declare the praise of your works to another generation, to another person. Declare the mighty acts of Almighty God and declare that God is great. God is just great. Sometimes I, I sit here and I think, I don't know if the music's too loud. It's never too loud for me, by the way, because I grew up with a lot of rock and roll, and so I don't know whether I don't have as good a hearing because of that or I just like it. If my pant leg isn't moving by the sub, you know, the subwoofers down here, I, it's not really music. So, but I think, I sit there and, and I think, I wonder what, because there's a ton of noise that comes through those doors and that garage glass door out there for Bodie Leaf. And I, want, I sit there and I think, what? I wonder what they think. Some of you are here because you heard that. Some of you got saved because you heard that and came in here. We have testimonies all the time. People go, I just had to peek. I had to see what was going on in that place. And they ended up getting saved. Let me, let me give you this. The kingdom operates, and I, and I just identified three things. Uh, the team did a great job in identifying some of these, but this, these are the three I came up with. It works, works best with humility, first of all. Humility is a word that means, uh, from the Greek, it, it's a word that means when the water runs very low in the riverbed. And then pride is a word that has to do with the overflowing of a river. It swells beyond its banks. It gets bigger than itself. But it says in Isaiah 57, For thus says the high and the lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I don't know what that was, but... The second word is confession, confession. First John chapter one, verses eight and nine. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So humility, confession, and then the third one is repentance. King David prayed this. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I want to ask you a question right now. Number one, are you walking in humility? Have you confessed your sins? Have you turned and repented from those and said, I'm going to do the works of God? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I'm going to do that. That's what I want to do, God. I'm going to ask you to stand right now, and I'm going to ask our team that went to uh, Asbury just to come up front here, uh, because I believe some people are going to need to, um, are going to want people to pray for them. I think some of you are going to want to give a testimony. Uh, you can do that to one of these six that will be up here. We'll also have some other staff members that can help out. Some of you need to be healed. Some of you just say, you know, Pastor, right now, I really need, I need, I need to be healed. I got, I'm going through some struggles. I'm going through this, going through that. 
uh, we want to lay hands on you. We want to we want to pray for your healing today. These are all within the the power of the kingdom. You know, we we talked. We started with this word. Uh, exposure to the kingdom increases your appetite for the supernatural. Amen. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have the band play. I know it's a little bit later in the day right now, but it's uh, it's still early. It's still the morning. Don't get in a hurry and miss out on what God wants to do. You know, it always shocks me when when there's a spirit when the spirit of God is moving somewhere and people think, "Yeah, I'm done." I'm done. Um, I mean, you got, feel free to leave, but I just, I don't understand it, okay? I want you to get, I, and I do it selfishly, I want all of us to get closer to God. That's really what it comes down to. It's not like an ego thing, you know? So as we, uh, as, we as, as they lead us in some music here, I'm gonna ask you to come to the front here and, and uh, you can pray on your own. You can grab one of these people up here and they can pray for you, with you, if you need healing. Um, I think there's something really powerful and significant when we put motion to our feelings. In other words, when we actually move and say, I, I don't know why I just feel compelled to be at the front and I need to pray or I need to have somebody pray with me or I need to pray for somebody. So let's just, Father, right now, I just ask for you to move the hearts of people in this room right now for a deeper walk with you, for a longing for you. God, I pray that you'll just release their feet to move to the front of this place uh, as a demonstration that we want more of you, God. We hunger for you and we thirst for you like nothing else, God. Like the psalmist said, my heart, my heart longs for you, God. Like the deer that pants after the water brook, so my long, heart longs for you. The tears have been my only food both day and night. God, I, I come before you in your presence right now to seek you with my whole heart, with my whole mind, with all of my strength, with everything that is within me. Just feel free to come right now before we even start singing. Just come right now and just say, I want to I wanna hunger for God.